Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you'll beg for a left. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is the podcast where we talk about canon films and all of their amazing work. And today, ho, 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 happy holidays. It is our Christmas spectacular with a movie that should have been written by Shane Black. (laughs) It has so much Christmas weirdly shoved into it. Kind of? Invasion USA! Ho, ho, ho! Ho, ho. Merry Christmas! (laughs) You get an armadillo! And you get two Uzis strapped to your body with leather straps. Oh, wowzers. This is, yeah, this is the 1985 Chuck Norris classic Invasion USA. And, uh-huh. I mean, spoiler, uh, probably my favorite bro- uh, Bronson. It's my favorite oh, no. Bronson because you it. You it's doof. my favorite Norris. Uh, I think this is my favorite Norris film. This yeah, is, I, <laughs> yeah, is it? Maybe. maybe. I think it might be. I think, like, we'll get into it, but, like, this is the one that, uh, I don't know, when I finally saw I was like, yeah, this is kind of everything I need in Norris, and <laughs> just has, like, some of the wildest stuff. Like, it is a yeah. wild, wild movie. This uh, is definitely one where it's like, um, we've talked about this before on, I mean, this is canon for me in a nutshell, where, like... Through the lens of now, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm mortified. <laughs> and then also being like, hey, this is fun as hell. Uh, it, it is. I I laughed so hard. Like, at one point, oh, my wife, too. like, put her hands on my arm because I was laughing so hard. And we'll get into what scene it is from. There's one scene early on, if you know Invasion USA, that will, if you're like, oh, maybe I'm fine with this movie. Pretty early of, like, this is going to be the greatest, craziest action film yeah. ever. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is such a, uh, too confusing to be offensive politically, but it, uh, because like, yeah, it's all over the map. Yeah. All out. You're just like, what point are you making here? And and you know, I can't, I wonder though, because like, I, I can't. You know, when I was young, when I saw this, I definitely didn't know politics or was involved in it. And part of me wonders now if it's just evolved into something else that kind of conservative views have changed uh, with what, you know, but I I can't tell which is which, you know. (laughs) I like I like need someone smarter than the two of us to explain like the parallels between conservative thinking and politics and the kind of development of this movie and then action films like in a weird way like right because like it's the way they came up with this idea even is like that weird half-assed pro-america that we love about norris yeah but throughout and i've got it just in my notes written throughout it's just like how did this not come up 
at any point in the terrible election season we just went through slash still are going through there's someone being like see how does there not some shitty fucking uh trying to be sketch comedy with that fucking uh senator dude with the eye patch like (laughs) oh yeah somehow intercuts invasion usa but with like Trump's head on something like you know what I mean there's a lot of that that's in this movie that was really like oh there there's a lot we're dealing with now yeah that in a distorted way a very distorted way we're seeing actually happening (laughs) so we're like oh fuck it it makes it in a more insane movie watching it now than one of the, like the first times we watched it as children and as oh, like yeah. college students as adults etc. As a kid, I was like, "This is insane! I can't imagine the National Guard in our streets. I can't imagine all like all this shit." And then uh, like curfew? now I'm like, "Yeah," I was like, "Oh fuck! No, we just saw this like." Literally a week ago. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it right now. It's just happening. We're doing it right Merry, now. Oh, shit. Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, but yeah, we'll get into all that. Before we really get into it, uh, we want to remind everyone, we, we we talked about our last episode. Uh, uh, we have our Patreon now. Uh, correct. We, correcto. Uh, ching, the, ching. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, uh, let the world know we finally got off our butts. Uh, we talked about it for a long time uh, and, you know, finally figured out that we could do it. And we've got a Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash the Canon Canon. Remember that second N, ha- uh, ca- second can is one N. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, just going through there again The for three bucks, the Bronson Bunch. Uh, you can look it up. We've got a whole bunch of things. Five bucks. Yeah. The molasses two by fours. Already seen uh-huh. a couple molasses two by fours coming in. Psyched to have you there, people. And then we've oh, got yeah. uh, for ten bucks a month the greatest. Uh, you get to be like Dudikoff and Steve James, baby. And Ooh. then if you're really wild and you want to support us, fifteen bucks a month, you get to be Menachem and Yoram. You're Golden Globus. Correct. Uh, you're helping us produce this essentially. You are producing this podcast. You get a producer credit. Uh, yep. That does not entitle you to any revenue because we don't have <laughs> any revenue. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, check that out. We're going to really try to make it fun. Uh, I threw up a video there already. for That's uh, only for people to get unlocked on the board. Uh, if you saw it today, which is in the past a week ago, I yeah. already told you what is on your ears right now. This is a real <laughs> looper, and I'm guessing tenant sort of thing I'm doing here, where the time is all confusing. Basically, I already told people we were doing Invasion USA uh, as a happy <laughs> holidays on a video I put up on our Patreon. But we're going to have fun stuff like that. We're going to see if we can do like little fun videos from the two of us, from the one of us, uh, showing oh, yeah. stuff like that we've got. I got I'm sure I got soundtracks I'd like to show everyone. Uh, we're going to try to make it a fun thing, so so jump on in there. Uh, we're excited about the Patreon. We're excited to make some could have been a cannons for early releases and all the fun oh, yeah. uh, bonuses we've got there. Um, so check that out. But uh, we should really get into Invasion because yeah. this There's is, we got a lot. This is another one where I, at, at halfway through, I was like, how many pages of notes do I have here? What am I doing? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. This is getting insane. Uh, so Frank, do we have do we have some stats, some invasion stats? I know it's an eighty five. 
Oh, yeah, 85, which we covered last week, so we I don't did. think I'm going to do the top 10. But, nope. you know, Back to the Future, you know, swept the box office. <laughs> this came out September 27th, 1985. And at first I was like, a Christmas movie coming out in September? But wow, let's wow, not what? forget that Gremlins the previous year came out in the summer as well. So Very true. Not too weird. Uh, budget was $10 million. The gross was $17.5 million. And, of course, we got our director boy, Joseph Zito. Zito, baby. The last time he would work with Chuck Norris, and we'll go over why here in a minute, <laughs> but we'll get to it, our yeah. catchphrase. This this will have to be a Patreon shirt we put up. We'll get to uh, we'll it, get definitely. To it. Yes. Yeah. And Phantom Tingles. Maybe that'll be a... <laughs> So far, we've got, these are my guests show. We've got, uh, we'll get to it, Phantom Tingles, a molasses two by four design. If people want to contribute this, uh, I would oh, love this. At some point, we'll definitely. do the Goot shirt. That is a very old reference at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From our cocoon joke that hardly made sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, so, yeah, please. It came in 50th that year. Okay. Not too bad, I That's guess. That's a high canon. But it was... Yep, it beat other canon films, Death Wish 3, King Solomon's Mines, uh, Missing in Action, Missing Missing in Action 2, American Ninja, The Company of Wolves, Rappin', Fool for Love, and When Father Was Away on Business. This is going to haunt us, Jeff, until we watch it. When Father Was Away on Business? Frank, what is that movie? I've never (laughs) even heard of that. Oh, wait, is this the third episode I've yelled about this? (laughs) Yep. When Father Was Away on Business, it turns out he has another family. (laughs) I want to say, related to that, uh, because this is also something we talk about, too much, surprisingly, on the Canon Canon. Watch National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, which was written and directed by, oh, what is his name from King Solomon's Minds? We forget oh. it now. Joseph Quintana? Oh. Quint- something like that. But Put me on the spot, Jeff. Yeah, I know. It, 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 we don't know it. But what I do know, you were right, Frank. It's... It's a pretty funny movie. It's like such an interesting spoof movie because it's right in the middle. I realized watching it, yeah. it's like smack dab in the middle of like, it is not a Zaz. It's definitely not a Zucker's and Abrams production. Like it doesn't no. have the across the board, everything is really working well. It's not your naked guns. It's not your, but it also no. like, I forgot Charlie Sheen shows up in it. Yeah, and makes he's a the, val- joke. Yeah, the valet. And makes a joke about hot shots. Like yep. a movie that I don't even think anyone was involved in this movie with. And so <laughs> it's like, but it also was like, like watching a canon. I think I was texting you while I was watching because it was like a fever dream. Where I was like, I thought I maybe watched this once as a kid. And I know every <laughs> joke. Like, I mean, oh, like. Yeah. And but part of it though is what my wife actually said is like there are great jokes and there are also so many jokes that she's like I'm just I think I'm just writing it in my head yeah. like like when Samuel Jackson walks into the police tape she's like I saw that joke but I've never seen this movie it had to have <laughs> been a naked gun I was like yeah I know it's weird it's like and it makes sense that he wrote the police academy sequels we love because there's a couple soft jokes. Yeah. It's that, but it's also you even have weird. Proctor in it. 
it has Proctor in it. And I love yeah. that running bit that he keeps and like. And a great Selsom Blue uh, oh, joke. Classic <laughs> Selsom Blue joke that lives up. We all remember Selsom Blue. <laughs> it's tingling. <laughs> it's tingling. But that it really it's t- working. Made me fucking laugh. But I think it's weird because it isn't in between. Not to get too far into this, but like it does have elements of what those future spoof films will be where like they're just fucking culture jamming like every reference. Oh, yeah. And like in one scene, there'll be like five different movies and with no regard for what is going. So I'm like constantly was in Whiplash. Like I was like, wait, did I miss a plot in Lethal (laughs) Weapon that uh, uh, Murtaugh's wife was cheating on him? Like because there's a running joke that the wife is cheating on Samuel Jackson's character. But I was like, is this just servicing the joke? But it doesn't make any sense exactly. Yeah, that's one I never really understood. Of like, what was this referencing? I mean, but the the joke of everybody playing footsie with uh, him under the table right away to lethal weapon said, too. Because <laughs> yeah. I just rewatched lethal weapon, but it does have. I put it on my Instagram, but like I laughed so hard at when he offers coffee to the guy that is having sex with his wife, and she goes, "Honey, he came from a broken home," and he goes, "Oh." So no coffee. <laughs> great writing. Great joke. I don't know. This is our pitch. Watch uh, Loaded Weapon 1. It's surprisingly good, but it does have a canon tie. Um, oh, uh, yeah. it, it's like getting into a warm bath of youth. Uh, oh, yeah. And sometimes that warm bath has pee because you're a child. And the <laughs> jokes aren't great. And, you know, like they still have like th- two or three mini Mart jokes in the first yeah. 10 the first 10 minutes, Frank, they repeat jokes that are racist. And yep. they have multiple jokes in the first 10 minutes about stamping out cigarettes. And I'm like, uh-huh. do you forget that you just did this joke like five minutes ago? Either way, <laughs> watch Loaded Weapon 1. But yeah, that's it just has that fucking connection to King Solomon's vibes. Here's another connection, though, that I was thinking about. And I want to jump to it just because I'm thinking about it. Because you had brought up in our last episode. You had asked me a question. You said, so in 1985's Commando, is this the first time we're seeing the trope of you got to come back? Yeah. And then That's, it happens in this movie. It happens in this movie. There's a couple night- of things that we do. We see a lot of parallels in this movie, which it's is true so to Hollywood weird. in that if scripts start going around the same time, yeah. then people start stealing elements of that. And that's why you see a lot of like... Um, what happens what happens is like people just beat to production and that that's why they have to do reshoots like right uh what was it that happened uh not too long ago where it was the end of because captain marvel had too much of a similar end to another movie so they had to reshoot that and oh it was really like, yeah they, but it was like such a clusterfuck because scripts go around people steal and then whoever makes it to production first gets that that sweet piece of the pie but then sometimes you just see those elements overlap because they're like yeah whatever fuck it yeah and like this one wasn't like too uh you know egregious but there are like certain elements you're like huh it threw yeah, we another... just saw this last week <laughs> it, yeah that is like we didn't because we are the canon bros we do not plan our schedule that no. well sometimes <laughs> it's just serendipitous that we watch two movies 1985 back to back that seemed to have some of the same plot elements, but that was the crazy part. I was just like, Oh, this already throws a wrench in my works of like, what is the beginning of that trope? 
of the government coming from either the company or secret forces to get someone back in. It yeah. has to exist somewhere else, but I'm not positive. Uh, I mean, it had to in like the 60s and 70s, you know, yeah. like with professionals and, you know, like yeah. those types of movies, you know, not yeah. the professional, but like professionals. Yeah, 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 movies. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get an, a, a smarter person than us again to let us know what this is. Nah, that's uh, no fun. Yeah, no. We, listen to us. You want some real dummies telling <laughs> exactly. you about movies. Let me tell you about celluloids. Uh, <laughs> you gotta I will be real say, dumb if you want to talk about movies. Hey, you know, I'll talk about film all day long. I got Rocky <laughs> Four director cut coming out. I can't believe he's doing that. It's crazy, Stallone. Hell yeah! Um, God, I'm waiting. I'll be excited. More of that robot. <laughs> he cut it out. He oh, cu- he cut out a- Polly fucking a robot. It's insane. He's like he doesn't understand that that's what we're coming for. That being said, I'll probably watch Rocky Four tonight because it is a Christmas movie. Um, oh yeah. But uh, just wanted to say before we start to really get into it, one of the reasons I also have a soft spot for uh, Invasion USA, even though it's not the source of it. Uh, my old band Orchid had a song called Invasion USA. Uh, off of Dance Tonight, Revolution Tomorrow. And uh, I believe our singer Jay did not name it after this one. He might not have still ever seen this movie. I can't remember if he's wrong on that. There's a 1950s Invasion USA. Uh, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's like, I think again about Russians possibly. I haven't seen that one. Uh, It's like a schlock classic. Uh, And this song, Jeff, is your only barbershop quartet song yeah right? yeah we we were listening to a lot of queen and early peter gabriel solo records and we we're like oh mm. you always got to shove that barbershop quartet song yeah, on you gotta get that in. really throws and then you have off the, the surf LP. rock version uh it's the monsters theme with invasion usa over it um yeah but the wrecking crew played on it <laughs> I, I, it was really sad for me because I'm a bass player, and I was like, "Well, you got one of the best bass players ever, but let her do it." Like, you know, <laughs> she's the greatest. Um, Hell yeah! Oh, she really is awesome. But so yeah, so we should we should get into this. Uh-huh. Uh, so invasion. We already said Joe Zito directing. Yep. We got Jay Chataway. Yeah. Killing it. Killing Dude. it. He, Jay Chataway, the greatest, most serviceable composer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where it's like, it's not like it ever sticks out so much that you're like, this no. is going to be the song I listen to all the time. But you're going to have a little bit of an earworm that you're like, ah, that's a that's a kick-ass one. That's a kick-ass Yeah, there's, there's a few moments in this because the rest of it, I mean, most of it, like, I would say 70% of it feels like, okay, this kind of feels like a... 70s 80s tv show you know 18, like right too and then there's like a little like pepper of a uh, peppering of really interesting sounds within the score that you're like oh yeah the beauty okay. of Chataway. i mean that's why yeah. he's so perfectly canon like you could be watching something that's just so serviceable and might as well be a fleshed out a-team episode and then you're like oh this is gonna happen huh well then now you got me chat away <laughs> um chat away uh, oh well chat away my good friend um so yeah so to start uh chat just away us- you stay <laughs> so uh, just to also let it like we're uh, we're doing our classic we're about 20 minutes in we're gonna give you a brief uh if you haven't oh, yeah. watched invasion usa what is this movie Baby, the USA is getting invaded. <laughs> yep. 
this hasn't happened in 200 years on American soil. Wait, okay, so by the Russians or just communists in general? Immediately when he starts, because there's also, there's so many, we'll keep getting, we'll get to it, of course, but there's so many of like these little speeches that you're like, cool speech. Don't know what my takeaway was supposed to be. <laughs> like, like and in that one, point, one where like there is a Japanese soldier. Well, because that's the crazy. So yeah, this is basically, uh, uh, in theory, it's confusing because they don't completely say it. This is why it's also canon. It's such a low budget that they leave out information and a lot of like scenes that you probably should see in a larger film to make it a little less confusing that actually America's getting invaded quicker than you could imagine in this movie. Oh, but yeah. in theory, this is like every terrorist group banding together, right? This is like Assault but on Precinct even... 13, where like the I... three gangs have bonded together of like you have the, the, uh, the Latin group, the white group, and the black group, and they're all going to band together to kill the pigs. Like, right. but in this case, yeah, what is it? Russians, Cubans, but they kill Cubans and yeah, Japanese terrorists and yeah, just but that, white like dudes. that's a, yeah. I was like, this doesn't make any sense, and we'll get to that actor too because he's awesome. He's been in a lot of great yeah. stuff, including yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that's right. He was lightning. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it, they basically, we were being invaded, and their plan is to uh, take over one tiny town at a time, kind of, even though they're going through, I guess we'll get to it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, but that that's basically we're being invaded, and the only man who can stop it is... Molasses 2 by 4 himself, Matt Hunter, Matt star Hunter. of the Avenging Force. Because remember, correct, Avenging Force is a sequel, not really, kind of was at one point to this, this movie. movie. But yeah, for some reason, Matt Hunter was part of the company, has gotten out of the company, uh, and is the only person who can take them down. And remember, I always work alone because I want to make this more confusing about how Matt Hunter can show up literally everywhere. <laughs> but also, Dude. Frank, literally show up everywhere like... Five minutes after he should have showed up. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Like, wait until everyone gets kind of half murdered, and then he shows up to do his Matt Hunter shit and kicks some ass. He's just waiting for the right time. He's always waiting for the right time. He's always waiting for the right time to come in and, like, be either on a roof or, like, behind a car, and he's going to do something where he vaguely has a catchphrase and then starts to murder everyone after they've already murdered half of America, <laughs> basically. Right. Um, and all I could think was you might've gotten the drop on them if you stopped working alone, like maybe get two or three people to help you out. Also at one point when he does work with somebody to help him out, that re- uh, reporter, which is, I, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> so much, you know, we'll get into it. <laughs> a lot of it got cut out because of, uh, Okay, well, anyway, so <laughs> even then he puts people in harm's way because he, like, veers that car into a very crowded place yes. <laughs> that explodes. Just insanity. There's so much space beside him on the other side. <laughs> I know. Like, nope, let's go into this, like, where it looked like a football game going on, or I don't know. <laughs> That's how Matt Hunter works, baby. Uh, but, yeah, this was the beginning of a six-film contract uh, with Canon after MIA did so well. Uh-huh. Um 
And so, like, this is the part that, you know, I read about and I was like, oh, this is why Norris is both charming and confusing and why also the politics are confusing and everyone involved in canon is somewhat an old man before their time. Like, the fact that, so, like, the idea for this movie came from Norris reading an article in Reader's Digest. (laughs) So, you know, the one that your mom keeps by the toilet. Exactly, Frank. Norris was sitting on the shitter, (laughs) flipping through a Reader's Digest. Taking the slowest shit ever. uh, Taking a molasses two-by-four dump. And he's, like, leafing through a weird shortened excerpt from The Great Gatsby and then probably some article about how he needs more bran and then he's like thinking oh that's why my shits go so slow it's like no god you're molasses two by four motherfucker and then he stumbles upon an article that apparently said that hundreds of terrorists were running loose in the United States I would love to find this article and maybe again we'll go to our boy Austin Trunick if you know what this article is because I don't know I would love to read this, it's like he got, uh, in Back to the Future 2, he got the almanac for sports scores and then went back to the past. But in this case, he got the playbook for the Republican Party of the GOP. The Fox News uh, and the Fox, Yeah, a Fox <laughs> News transcript, sent it back, uh, condensed it and put it into a Reader's Digest. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, there's just MS-13 is everywhere. And there's this terrorist running rampant in suburbs. I should write something about this because, as he said, you can hear him saying this. Boy, that's scary. What if some guy on the order of a Khomeini or Gaddafi mobilized those guys and starts sending them out to every major city? That's it. And then he was like, yeah, that could be what this movie is. Fear mongering <laughs> as a movie, <laughs> essentially. Because, and then he said, like, it's because of, and we'll get, this is part of the speeches that we talked about. Richard Lynch says this, and it's connected. It's because, as his character says, it's so easy because of the freedom of movement in this country. So we're the only ones accessible to this. But he says the movie's not meant to scare people, but just make us aware. I think that's the key. That line, oh, yeah. that's the most Trumpian line of it all. So it's like I'm not saying I'm not saying anything. I'm not yeah. saying we got to be scared of terrorists and Look, other you ethnicities. Know. You just got to know, Frank. There's a lot of ethnicities running out there that we don't know about, and there's a lot of because and literally they will all band together in things, a confusing. You're doing stuff. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but like, and then so the end result was Invasion USA. A Reader's Digest article that with questionable background that might be from the future and might have been something Tucker Carlson said. God <laughs> and like when he was uh, 12 years old. <laughs> yes, exactly. He just like he put out his little bow tie. He said, you yep. know what? There's a lot of terrorists running around. But like <laughs> that is the thing. Like it, the the level and this is why the movie is like so confusing. It's not offensive but it is because like throughout you're just like you've really you've reduced it down to like the bullion you've reduced it down to like this weird essence of terrorists in this essence of america 
but to the point where we'll get into it more, but like, are we supposed to be angry that we have so much freedom and yeah, that, we're at we're at fault, Frank. <laughs> I, I would. That's where it gets a little confusing. Like, I'll just lay this out here. I mean, like Jeff and I both very much enjoy this movie. I love like, it so much. Enjoy, we do. We we enjoy this movie. So when you're when we're picking it apart, it's because we have this podcast and we have the time to pick it apart. But you know what? It's it really is like at points where you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, wait. What? So you're saying. Wait, we have to fight for our freedom, but maybe we're we taking it for granted. So we need this to happen in order for it to. But then also, how far is too far? You know, we're we're living in a nanny state. You know, or like, <laughs> right? It's like, like it, what's not safe anymore? Church? You saying we can't even go to churches because of the curfew? Exactly. No. You're gonna take that away from us. And it is like this movie is like reading my Apple News app <laughs> You're right. right now where it's like in it's a snake Ouroboros but there are like 10 Ouroboros snakes eating their own tail and they're all linked up together into the Olympic logo <laughs> and then they start to sometimes bite another tail and you're like wait I'm trying to follow this fucking crazy path uh, I think they fucked up it's like if you got like a child's mat at a Denny's and you realize, like, halfway through the, the maze, that's like, oh, they misprinted this fucking thing. Like, it's confusing <laughs> as fuck. Um, and that's the crazy part, is, like, it it's actually, in a weird way, more fun to now watch this now. Because you're just like, man, what a wild ride it was in 1985. Oh, and yeah. if we were talking about the sometimes confusingness, but, like, I felt comfortable with it because of... Schwarzenegger, et cetera, of Commando, to watch this as a counterpart, to just be like, what the fuck was I watching as a kid? I oh, mean, yeah. no, it's Dude, crazy. Th this movie gave me nightmares as a kid. I specifically, there were parts of this where I haven't seen this in so long, right. but there are certain parts that are seared into my memory that because there's a lot of scenes of kids in danger, you never see any kid uh, getting killed. Right. Right. Uh, they only imply it in one scene at the or the carnival. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, like it terrified the hell out of me as a kid. I saw this at when I was five, maybe. That's the amazing part. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, this is like it would leave a mark on you because you think you're just kind of watching a kick-ass action film. But no, it's it weirdly reminded me of I only recently remember and it's like a vague memory, but I remember us having a, uh, a, a, a assembly in my elementary school and it was with Russian dancers and they were oh, ballet no. dancers and this was you know 88 I was like 10 maybe it was like 85 88 and I remember either just my teacher or the assembly explaining to us yeah yeah in Russia you don't get to pick your job uh, and these people are forced to be ballet dancers for 10 hours a day or something. And I was just like, what? You can't pick in the freedom of America? And I was like, well, that's a and very... You had a single tear rolled down as you saluted exactly. the flag in the and corner then... of the classroom. Exactly. And you said, everybody stand. And then I was like an anamorph, and I turned into an eagle. <laughs> I was like manimal, and then all of a sudden that tear was a American flag. Um, there you go. But yeah, no, like I was like in retrospect, all of a sudden it hit me, and I was like, oh man, yeah, I got to be extra careful about how I like 
summarize things to my kid. Because like oh, yeah. out of like just quick answers, I'll give some crazy answer. It's like, oh no, he's gonna be thinking about that when he's forty about how apparently Russia forces you to have a job. Because even then, like I remember finding out about like autograph the like hair metal band from from I believe from Russia, and just being like, wait, so did they? Did Russia tell them to be autograph? <laughs> like, right. how did that work? Like, wait, did they sing balls to the wall? No, that's except no. from Germany. Ex- yes. Oh, okay, okay. Autograph leaned more towards hair metal, closer to like a Cinderella, if I'm remembering correctly. Closer to like loudness from Japan. Man, we Got are it. on some tangents today. We are going to oh, be yeah. a fun one. But yeah, so like th- this movie is confusing. We're going to get into all the confusingness. Um, just to start off, uh, no canon logo. We got a canon group. This is 85, yeah. you know. But Out of the whatever font. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like such a like, it's like a font that I both like and I'm like, haven't they used this like 15 other times, Frank? <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> I was like just getting distracted immediately by this ultra problematic scene that starts off with. Man, <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, Jeff, you know, I uh, had a rough time with this scene. Just I don't know if it's the, the week I had and also just, you know, you know, being Latino myself, but like. I uh, I just I almost like was like I don't think I could do this when yeah. I watched it. It's that opening str- scene. I thought about I honestly thought as about you in the beginning because I forget that that's the opening scene, and I was like, oh yeah, Frank's a Latino man, and I know you've had a hard week, and that was and because also even the fact that like it's not like a kick-ass opening. It's like no. I kept checking my volume to see if it was working. And I was like, oh, oh we're yeah. just going to have the sad sounds of Cuban refugees on a boat yeah. that we find out are smuggling drugs uh, on the boat. But, but they didn't they, know. They didn't know. Uh, the boat is stranded in the middle of the ocean. But also, I wrote out like I was like, wow, what an amazing summary of America. That yeah, exactly. An American boat comes up with the biggest American flag ever. And Richard Lynch, who is awesome. Richard Lynch yeah, is our, our villain. So, yeah, his deal, like, if you haven't seen him before, you've seen him. Like, uh, it, Oh, he, yeah. He's very memorable, both in his acting. Uh, also, like, as a kid, I merged him with Rucker Hauer. I always, like, put the <laughs> two together. That. Yeah. Um, but his Me deal too. is like he he apparently was a, a drug addict and in Central Park in like 1967, he set himself on fire, burned more than 70 percent of his body, spent a year recovering, but then gave up drug use and then trained at the actor's studio, like wow. which is awesome because uh, he's an awesome actor and he's like in everything. He's in the seven ups, uh, Scarecrow. Uh, 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 the ninth configuration that William P. Bl- uh, uh, Blatty, uh, he's in the Barbarians. He shows up in a lot of stuff, but I mostly knew him from Bad Dreams. Oh which, yeah, like where he plays a cult leader, and I merged some trailer from I think the horror show with Bad Dreams. So in my brain, I always thought that there was a trailer that was like first there was uh, Jason, then there was Freddy, now there's Ferris. Or something. <laughs> but 
always weird to me too because he's a he, a burn victim and he burns himself alive in that movie. But I guess he's figured out some shit. Um, yeah. So he shows up and he's dressed as uh, a navy guy, and he. Uh, I also forgot that I wrote down. Oh, this is going to be handled well when they got to the boat. Like I was like, oh, oh, yeah. right away. I was like, cannon, don't do me wrong. Um, <laughs> and they did. And then they did because the boat came up. Not going to be good. Big American flag. Really not going to be good. And I know. I was like, oh boy. I wrote down, I forget whatever. Oh, uh, I said, I got, I got a pit in my stomach watching them. Yeah. And once you see Richard Lynch smiling, you're like, oh, you're, these people are fucked. And I forgot, I forgot that's a, what he says, but he's dressed as a Navy guy and he says, welcome to the United States and then murders all of them. Yeah. Takes them all down. And that is, that's America right there. That's, that is like I America as a nutshell. Everyone deserves everyone. Every single person deserves uh, a chance at the American dream and they'll be let down by it. Richard Lynch was just providing them the American dream right away. <laughs> that they will just be let down immediately by, hey, welcome, now we've murdered you. And they um, more than likely will be gunned down. Yes. Um, and as I wrote, just confusing politics from the opening scene. Just like, what is yeah. going on here? Because then it's like, are they trying to make us think that, I don't think they were, but I was like, briefly, because I'm it's can. I'm like, are they trying to make us think those refugees deserved it because they had drugs? Because this is 1985 America? Like, right. who knows? Um, I mean, as my wife said, like, this movie is like 20 bait and switches within the first, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just nonstop bait and switch. Um <laughs> And I also was just like, that's a lot of drugs. Like, that is so much drugs when they open that boat. Oh, yeah. Then it slams into the Invasion USA logo. And there we are. There's our man right after. Chuck Norris, Matt Hunter, on a fan boat. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it, man. He's got the long hair, open shirt, <laughs> fan boat. Here's my question. Uh, if you were a betting man... Uh, what percentage of this movie uh, does he have his shirt unbuttoned and open? I would say because my favorite part where he, he does that is where he's bring, being brought to trial. Yes. And he walks out of the car. And even when he was watching TV, if I, I, I maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I don't remember him even when he's watching TV having his shirt open. No. I I don't I maybe yeah. I'm I'm misremembering that because he's just laughing as art laughing his ass off as as much as Norris can, uh, which is giggling to yourself uh, watching this <laughs> UFO movie. <laughs> Quiet little giggling like yeah. a molasses two by four. <laughs> he's like in this ridiculous. That's also one of my favorite tropes in movies is where uh, on the TV there's like an old sci-fi movie playing or an old cartoon. Yeah, but that mirrors somehow what's going on in the the show or like maybe it has like an allusion to like what huh. might happen. Frank, we were concerned about aliens, huh? We were concerned about the right aliens, according the to... The threat was here, yeah. The threat was here all along in our confusing gag thing that is happening. Um, so, yeah. So, not a bad hero entrance. The Chataway theme song's great. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, He's on that fan boat. <laughs> on that 
bad boat. So you know weird. you got your molester two by four. He's on that fan boat. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then they cut away. Be eating them shrimp. <laughs> Get them crow dads. He's gonna eat the crow dads. <laughs> A big old gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> But then then molasses two by four, they jump away from him right away. They go to that reporter who apparently was supposed to be Whoopi Goldberg at one point. Would have been good. This is what caused the friction between him and Joe Zito where uh, they fought so much over it that that Norris was like, no more. (laughs) Right. So weird, man. But he's not wrong. Whoopi would have been... That would have been... I I like this movie, but I think it could have it will really would have had that like in Commando that Ray Don Chong you know like it needed uh, a connective punch, tissue you know like that like, comedic punch yeah the 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 reporter just didn't provide enough and they feels like they cut out some of her stuff too so oh, like she's hardly cut, a character dude I think that they cut out probably ninety percent of her scenes because yeah. she is useless in this because when she first shows up I'm like oh. April O'Neil origins, right? Because uh, like she's kind of this brassy type of pushy reporter that you know, you would think that she would have a, a very integral part of figuring out what was happening before the cops do, but no, no. The only thing, yeah, like she doesn't bring a lot to the table. The only thing she shows up at is that uh, that like Latin community center. Yeah, but even that, I was like, "Why is she here? Like, what is she covering?" Because like, she's just taking pictures. I think she was just walking in the area, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna grab some pictures." And then that the fake cops come around. Um, I think that's because why I got confused though. There, like, just jumping ahead a little bit is because just like ninety percent of her movie was probably cut out. They had either not shot or cut out so much stuff that I was like, wait, America's supposed to be even more elevated than I think it's supposed to be. So I think you're right that she was documenting the life in insanity or something. It's like almost like one of those pieces in L.A. Times. But like at that point, I hadn't even registered that it was an issue. You know what I mean? Like I hadn't even registered that America was supposed to be that crazy at that point. Um, I did like... She like gets approached by the FBI, and they're like, "How'd you get here so fast?" She's like, I drive faster. Like, and then she's like, "I got a police band radio. Is that illegal?" And there was like a brief moment I was waiting for them to be like, "Yeah, I mean, you can't have that. What are you doing? Give me that." <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Just like just take all of the air out of that situation. <laughs> I did write she's very brassy. Like that is if I had to sum up what is her kind of non-existent character it would just be yeah she's the brassy woman that's what they decided she is like she kind she kind of gives people guff kind of (laughs) i mean she has a few lines where she gets to kind of like be that like you know what they do can't the typical canon where they want the tracy and hepburn kind of you know dynamic of like i hate you but i kind of like you because she gets a little flirty moment at the end just a little bit but then we don't see her at all after that right then she's just gone. Here's a question I've got for you, too, because I got confused. So, like, who are all the dead people they find on that ship? That's they... the original American crew. Oh, that Richard Lynch took over and killed. Correct. Okay. Because at first I was like, is that the Cuban refugees? Like, what is no. going on with this? <laughs> okay, great. So we figure out what's going on. They find dead people. They're like, uh-oh, this is going to be fucked. And then 
They cut to Matt Hunter wrestling gators. <laughs> Back on down on the bayou, just wrestling some gators. <laughs> you got that man on the dead, he's gonna get those gators together. <laughs> As always with Cannon, I don't trust that that gator turned out all right. I'm worried about that gator. Dude, um, there was nobody from the SPCA. Uh, like, they, they, that man, he, he flopped it down like he. Uh-huh. I mean, that that gator definitely got hurt. <laughs> yeah. And I worried a lot about his pet armadillo. Uh, Dude, me too. Because there was that, okay, because there's that part where the, they, they come and they explode everything. Right. And I couldn't tell. I was like, was the armadillo hurt or was that just him trying to get down the stairs and just being like, ah, or, or her, they, yeah. it, it doesn't they. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was that one where it's falling. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't be hurt. Don't be hurt, Armadilla. Again, don't oh, yeah, trust. No, I wanted to say this because I'm one of those assholes who cared more about, you know, cares more about animals and movies than the people. Oh, yeah. Same here. I can't I can watch, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned. I can't watch any Italian cannibal movies because of that. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, And so, yeah, like, you know, why he's wrestling gators. I don't know. I guess it's just setting up he lives in the bayou. Um, uh-huh. As my wife said, with all that denim, this really is Invasion USA. Um, <laughs> like, he's just, he is just, he's not afraid to wear denim on denim. Like, you know, if, if you were ever someone who had that concern fashion-wise, Matt Hunter never had that concern. He thinks it's oh, a good no. look. Yeah. He he and Jay Leno are hanging out all the time in Jay Leno's garage. Oh my goodness. Riding around in souped up hot rods. Uh yep. the denim prince of comedy, Jay Leno. <laughs> Him just laughing and Norris just staring. What a duo they would be together. Yeah. And then, he's like, You're real silly. Yeah. <laughs> just a mess of mush. The two of them talking to each other. <laughs> and then so Judge Ito. <laughs> this is where this movie when i probably first saw as a kid definitely every time i seen it the next scene is what sells me on this movie oh yeah uh so and it goes with how ridiculous too this plot is so they were killing all those cuban refugees to get the drugs because then they were gonna sell them to crazy eyes crazy face AKA uh-huh. Billy Drago. <laughs> Billy Dra- yeah, Billy Drago. So they were excited. just trying to out creep each other. <laughs> yeah, just like, can you think of a creepier duo talking to each other than fucking <laughs> Billy Drago just leering the whole time and just being Drago, baby? Like, just the creepy McConaughey. And yep. then Richard Lynch looking awkward as a drug dealer. Uh, but so he was going to sell the drugs in the payment is army uh shit basically <laughs> right yeah yeah he basically calls and it's like tanks and machine guns and what should be the alternate title of this movie frank just invasion rocket launchers because this movie becomes <laughs> nothing but rocket launchers <laughs> um and so yeah that's the deal and then it is nothing but pure canon beauty. Oh, because yeah. Because it is just like... So, Drago has a woman who is got the loudest butterfly knife that's ever existed. Oh, yeah. It's just, like... Uh, she looks kind of like Jack A. Kind of looks like Jack A. Agreed. And 
she is constantly flipping that thing, making Lynch nervous. And then she goes and looks like she's never done cocaine before as someone who doesn't do drugs. But even I was like, you're just pushing that thing around. And when Lynch realizes he has all the army stuff, he slams her head down into the cocaine fucking straw. Uh It goes up her fucking nose. And she pulls yep. back, and she's bleeding out the nose because she has a cocaine straw in her nose. And then Billy Drago comes around, and he fucking takes his gun, Richard Lynch, and shoots his dick off. <laughs> and then throws Jack A out the window in yep. the, the slowest slow motion that has ever existed. And everything I, is great at that point, Frank. <laughs> I was like... Watching that scene, I was like, oh, is this where Dark Knight got that scene where Joker... Uh, yeah! Yeah, where he does that disappearing pencil trick? I It had to have been. I mean, I, if they didn't... Uh, I, I don't believe it. I think that's the thing. I can't believe it because this scene, it, to me, is a classic. This is the classic scene. I also forgot that at one point there's some uh, bodyguard that's also there. I don't know why he was, but little face Terry Bradshaw... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah, right, dude. There was a moment where I almost got distracted and forgot it was my favorite scene because I was like, "Wait, is Bradshaw in this? Like, is this yeah. when he did his early acting work?" Uh, <laughs> and it was. I also forgot in the creeping, creeping out, like the creeping out, like draw off they were trying to do. That Billy Drago at one point just goes, "We're ready to rock and roll." <laughs> Oh, yeah. So awesome. I just, that scene is, it's just beauty, Frank. It's It's kind of canon all wrapped up in one nice, like, nice, neat package. Yeah. Uh, Greatest scene in the history of cinema is what I wrote in large capital letters. I also love that the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, why not be hyperbolic, you know? Like, why not just go for it? What were we going to say? No, I was going to say, I love that at the end where uh, the, the owner or the guy who runs the place uh, takes off with the cocaine. Oh, like, my God. Uh, Don Cheadle at the end of Boogie Nights, you know? Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, like, this is a scene I laughed so hard out loud in the same way that I laugh when I'm on a roller coaster. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Even though I've seen it. And legitimately, I was like, this is why scenes like this is why we do the Canon Canon. Like, uh, like I was like giddy that I was watching the scene and that I was going to talk about it with you and that people were going to listen to us babble about this stupid scene. <laughs> but it's like the summary of like what is kind of great about just like they're just those moments where Canon remembers their Canon too. And they're just like, all right, all bets are off. Let's just slam her face into this. Like, and it's just pure insanity. I love it so much. I think also, like, I forgot. This is just me remembering, too. Because this is where I also get confused. It kind of just jumps around. So, like, they go back to alligator wrestling again after that Uh amazing scene. Because still, they don't even completely let you know what's going on just yet. Like, it's unclear what all these army supplies are going to be for unless you know what this movie is about. And then... They get to Johnny Eagle. Great name. Uh Great name for a... Is he supposed to be... Johnny Eagle. Is he supposed to be, like, 
Native American? Native, like, yeah. is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be Native American, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's like a lot of like some of these like summaries in camera. You're just like, he's supposed to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This um, is also, I remember this is where I found out, uh, even though I grew up in Texas, this is also where I found out you could cook frogs. Oh, yeah, because fucking Matt Hunter is sick of frogs. <laughs> and Johnny Eagle listing off all the different ways. I've never had frog. Like, and you didn't have it in Texas either? No, I, 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 at that time when I was like five or six, I had, right. I didn't know you could cook frogs, but then yeah. it felt like after that, that's all I saw. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cause the town over from us for some reason, uh, Corsicana, uh, had frog legs, I think that yeah, they man. had. And I, I remember trying it and being like, eh, I mean, yeah, it just tastes like chicken meat. I'm like sure. it's thing. Once but you see like, it though, once you realize it's a thing, it's like that's all you can see. It's everywhere, it's yeah. Frogs, and that's how he felt too. He's like, God, I'm sick of frogs. Um, but he goes like all Bubba Gump on it too, like you know, just kind of <laughs> talking about the different ways you can cook it. You know, barbecue yeah. it and fry Boil it, boil it and fry it and fricassee. Oh man. <laughs> well, because we also then find out like Johnny Eagle has a fucking empire. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> He's, he's got, got the he's got the monopoly on the fan boat tours, right? Fan boat tours, Johnny Eagle restaurant. Like it's just like once he all of a sudden Norris is in that little like eagle complex. You're like, oh man, this guy was living. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why is he hanging out and like roommates with Matt Hunter in this shed? Because they don't explain ever why they're friends. Like it feels like we were supposed to have seen three other Matt Hunter films before this. Oh, yeah. Uh, but not at all. Like, it's just like, all right, I'll just go with it. Whatever. He's wrestling. Like, I'm supposed to know who this guy is. Um, uh, I think, also, like, again, this is where we realize that this is the first time because then they're in, they're, the, the guy from the company shows up, right? Yeah, uh, it's um, he's basically looks like a Flaherty brother meets every white character actor. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the only distinguishing thing is he has a little bit of flarity in him. Um, uh, But yeah, he comes and he works for the company uh, and he's got to get Matt Hunter back. And as he says, I'm not interested. This is also the fastest I've ever seen Norris be. uh, be. Yes. When he comes out of the shadows, I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's impressive. uh, Because you're like, you can't move that fast. Um, But (laughs) because he found out that it's Rostov, AKA Richard Lynch, which they don't. Rostov, you should have let me kill him when I had the chance. Now he's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) It piques his interest just like a little bit. Like we never completely understand why Rostov is his big bad. Um, Yeah, they never explain it really fully other than reasons. Yeah, and it's again, it's another like, are were, were there supposed to be four other Matt Hunter movies? Like, it's like there was a series of books about Matt Hunter that we just didn't read. Um, and obviously, Rostov has a whole deal with him because he constantly is having nightmares about him. Oh, yeah. And screwing up their entire operation just so he can not kill him. <laughs> Man, like, that's, you know, that's man's ego, Jeff. That's the downfall. You got these huge yeah. plans, and the only thing is your downfall is your own ego. You get in your own way, man. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the lesson we all could learn. Maybe America could learn that. Oh. Maybe. 
Wow. Look at the mirror reflected <laughs> back onto you. Man in the mirror. Uh, but yeah, then we end up like, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. But then we see, like, this is also a classic canon move. It's a lot like Hero in the Terror, where like, <laughs> right. I didn't know we were in a dream. <laughs> I didn't either. I was like, this is in Florida? Right. And I was extra shocked when halfway through, I was like, oh, this must be in the past. I guess this is a dream. And then I start getting distracted because I was like, wait, is this Matt Hunter's dream? Yeah. And then it's not. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's the, the narrative device is now we're in Rostov's dream. He's remembering yeah. that apparently maybe he was going to kill... I don't know. An, an ambassador, yeah. Yeah, an ambassador in maybe in Africa, but maybe not. Like, unclear. We'll say Valverde. Um, yep. And he couldn't because Hunter showed up, put a gun to his head, and then gave him a nice little fucking Norris quick kick. Yep. He goes, not this time, Rostov. <laughs> kick. Kick. And then he wakes up. They and wakes up. And his come in and be like, oh, no. My poor baby, you're having that dream again. Like we're like we soothe our children. The nightmare. He's drinking vodka out of a fucking bottle because he's a Russian. That's yeah. what Russians do. Uh, eating a raw potato and <laughs> drinking <laughs> vodka. Um, but yeah, that guy's really concerned about him, uh, and uh, yeah. he's having he's having the nightmare about him trying to shoot a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, I got really confused and that guy who's concerned about him, who also get like, I was, I, I had the volume a little low. This is maybe the beginning of the assault on precinct 13 ness Is that guy, was that guy Russian or was he like one of the signs of like, oh, this is merging of terrorists. Do I, you know? No, that's why I was kind of confused. I was like, oh, is this kind of like just a communist? Like, but I think he was Russian. I think he was also supposed to be Russian. Uh, yeah, maybe. His, uh, oh, fuck. What's his character name? Now people are yelling at their iPhones right I now. I know. Um, Nico. Alexander Zale. Right, because he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, Nico. Nico is like his like right-hand man who's just very concerned about him. I think he cares. I think he does care. He really does care. He believes care. in him. That's the thing. He knows that the people will follow him without without Rostov. Then he sees his genius. He knows his potential. Exactly. And as he says, he is just one man. But he ain't, baby. He's Blast's two by four. Matt Hunter is not just one man. He's a one man army. He's a oh, one man record. By the way, I love that line because he goes, You only know his reputation, but I know his work. And that feels like me anytime I try to defend Billy Corgan. <laughs> you got to understand. You got to listen to the whole oeuvre of Matt like, I, I know he's a complicated man. And, you know, he, yes, <laughs> of course he could be an asshole. But, like, you got to listen. No. <laughs> exactly. So open your ears to what Rostov is trying to tell us. Because what he's trying to tell us is, I know we've got this complicated thing where we've sold drugs and killed Cuban refugees to get all this army material so that we can invade America. But instead, fan boat army. We're going to send a yeah. fan boat army. <laughs> get on that fan boat, no terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> get on that they gumbone and we'll get in that fan boat and you guys you know, kill Matt Hunter. But <laughs> yeah, that is. So they go. They kill Matt Hunter. They try to. 
Also, yep. is this the first time I've ever really seen Chuck Norris smile? Like when he's playing with that armadillo? Because it was so awkward looking at that face. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, <laughs> um, if if this had come out a little bit later, we're going to talk about this again. If this had been action figure line, the Matt Hunter action figure would come with a little armadillo, too. Oh, definitely. Or the animated series, the armadillo could talk or have magical powers and it'd be quirky. The armadillo would be the orco. The armadillo yeah. would be uh, the T-Bot the from Mask. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely. But that was the thing. So they like, Rostov is so obsessed, ru- almost ruins their plan, and then they don't check the house. They just fucking, yeah. just uh, fucking rocket launcher it again, well, blow up the whole they thing. They blew it to hell. Why would he survive it? Because apparently, because he's Matt Hunter. He's just that good. He can just jump yeah. out a window. Uh, and I'm just saying, scour the area for like five seconds because end of the day, they got Johnny Eagle who took out yeah. a couple people, pretty good Johnny Eagle. Um, but then I got super concerned and I legitimately had this thought. This isn't just being funny for the podcast. I was like, is this Johnny Eagle's death plan? Like he unceremoniously is just like, ugh, there goes my life. Johnny Eagle's dead. I'm just going to throw his dead body into this broken up building and light it on fire with no emotion and just Jeff, leave. He he went out like one of his frogs. Oh, right. Barbecued, broiled. Yeah, he chose he chose the death of the frog. It's frog. what he would have wanted. Yeah. I thought it would have been funny if uh he's he's uh going off in the fan boat and you hear, "Matt, no wait." <laughs> right. I'm still like, whoa! Man, I'm but, sure gonna miss him. <laughs> but instead, he didn't get a Viking funeral. He got a frog funeral. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, then he just ends up leaving. We see the Empire. And then, like, so Rostov just goes off on one of his speeches, which are both awesome and not. But, like, why speak the in, the the part that's not incriminating in Russian? And then start going off so everyone can hear while you're at some, like, coffee shop. Like, about, like, he's just like, what does he say? He's like, this country hasn't been invaded for 200 years. And I was like, and then talk about how we can walk around and that what's ready to make us invade is because we just walk around with this freedom. And then again, that's that's the beginning of, like, is this anti-freedom? But what does he actually say there, Frank? So I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but he says... Soft, spangled in decadence. They are their own worst enemy. <laughs> and I put, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Yeah, he's right. But that's like, what is the movie saying there? Like, I, and we're maybe not the ones that, but it's like, that's where it gets confusing. Because it's just like, yeah, he's not wrong. But like, are is it because we have too much freedom? But later we don't. We've got all these restrictions. It's like. It's just as confusing as anyone yelling about vaccinations and uh, curfews online. I mean, but Soft Spangled in Decadence is my favorite um, glam rock song. Oh, yeah, it is very good. Uh, It's by Autograph uh, from (laughs) Russia. Uh, Russia made them write it uh, right after they controlled with the CAA to make the Scorpions wind of change. Um, (laughs) And so... Scorpions! (laughs) Scorpions! Here's the thing, though, Frank. So, like, he goes off on that whole speech. They do all this shit. And I guess I kind of understand the plan. But, like, they're just coming from sea anyways. Did they need to infiltrate us? I guess to get all the supplies. But they seem to seemingly come from somewhere else with the supplies. 
but like, not. I I feel it's like half they had and kinda, half. Because remember, he said that those those ships were actually American, but forty years old. Right. And I okay. think that that was part of Billy Drago's like deal. And I think that maybe, but then it's like, oh, they had to hop around to different points. Right. All, all of the army. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's confusing because like it, it's like it, it again just like all of this it just is both awesome and confusing the idea is a fun idea Norris isn't wrong for a movie that like watching all these people it's like we're gonna invade America like we're all gonna band up and like we're gonna get them at their weakness and I like the idea it's awesome that like kind of like Dolly shot of going over all the trucks and they're all just yelling out what city they're gonna go oh, to oh yeah I wrote down one of my favorites when he goes uh, New York, the East. <laughs> you go to New York, you're taking over all the East, buddy. That's oh, it. Yeah. It's you know, done. and the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole tri-state area and more. Um, but yeah, so like, so how this is working is confusing. I mean, throughout, that's what we alluded to at the beginning. The idea is all of the terrorists are going to band together and they're going to sow the seeds of chaos all over America by Jeff, blowing it's up already suburbs. Happened here. I know, right? It's, but digitally. Thank you. This was Nostradamus again. Canon yep. films, Nostradamus, but digital, baby. Welcome to the cyberverse. <laughs> this <laughs> this is Cyberpunk 2020, my friends. Um, this is Billy Idol Cyberpunk. Shock <laughs> to the system. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic, you ain't got nothing on Invasion USA. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like that is the deal. So like we've been infiltrated already, but we're going to get more infiltrated, and they're just gonna go sow the seeds of chaos. So. As they explain later, to jump ahead a bit, like, everything gets crazy enough that representatives from all 50 states are going to band together to decide if we should basically give up on democracy. And, and like, that's not even me being jokey about it. That's basically what the wording is. The news reporter, because it's classic canon delivering information through the news, is like, yeah, fifty of the ever represent come together in deciding if the if America is nuts enough that we're gonna say fuck it to democracy and just let martial law happen. And as a cynical human being who also is trying to be very you know a, a lot more positive as I get older and older, even I am just like, I mean that's not gonna happen. I mean, let's not go crazy. Like, I mean, like, there's like about a billion steps in there. And I'm sure maybe someone will somehow, like, give me some what you just said, like, equivalent of it. Like, it's already happening, man. But I mean, even like after 9-11, you know, as far as like there, there were some steps that were taken that were, you know, yes. in the in the in the pursuit of safety and freedom that were questionable but yeah definitely but like just like there's just something like i guess like my main thing is like why would the government be like you know what we're gonna just decide not to be in power anymore (laughs) right yeah you know what i mean like when's that ever let someone else handle it you know what you take all the money and power we're fine we're done just go nuts uh, because a lot of things have gone nuts that we're not seeing on screen. Um, uh, I, I will say I love that 
I guess it was just to show that Nico was part of, like, was just uh, so uh, uncaring that they 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 killed that symbol of American freedom, aka that couple that were about to do it on a beach. Oh yeah, while they were watching Phyllis Diller. On a yeah, beach. I was trying to. It was like, is that Phyllis Diller or Ruth Buzzy? Yeah, that's it's Phyllis. <laughs> And he Phyllis, liked it. Yeah. Nico gave a he little knowing it. smile. Yeah, he was like, "Well, maybe not all of America is bad." <laughs> yeah, you know what though? I think I, credit to that actor because um, I think he did a lot with his facial expressions because I think yeah. he had he really believed in um, Rostov. Rostov, sorry. Yep. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so he really believed in Rostov. But at the same time, there were looks on his faces throughout the movie where he was like, I'm not so sure about this, you yeah, know? Yeah. He would even kind of have, because you had the balance of like him who kind of, you could tell like he was kind of thinking through it being like, is this right? And then that guy who just couldn't help himself and kept doing overkill. Yeah. I think he might've been the best actor in the movie. Like, I Oh, mean, he was. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because he, he does. He plays the, even with that little, that little smile is just like, yeah, like. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this plan. But I did just kill these people. But maybe. But maybe not. And maybe he's crazy. Maybe he's going off the rails with Matt Hunter and Rostov's obsession. But, ah, fuck it. Let's let everyone come and storm the beach. And the bone crunching when they oh, step God. on that dead body is insane. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and all then, of a sudden, it's Christmas. All of a sudden, it's Christmas. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Like, yeah, because so first, well, I guess like, are we led to believe that things have started to happen? And when we go to Matt Hunter's been eaten and then the guy from the company is like, this is going on. He's like, all right, but I work alone. And then he leaves him with the bill. He dines and dashes. Um, I guess, again, like that's where I get confused through this movie is at what point. There are certain points in the movie I'm not sure where we're supposed to be at in America. Like, how Yeah, crazy. I think it's all in Florida, yeah. Well, that's the other part, though, too. Like, it's like, especially at the end, we'll get to it. Like, in theory, all those trucks were getting to the other cities. They mostly are just focusing on Florida here, though. Like, Matt Hunter's only doing shit in Florida. I yeah. guess the idea is, as Nico says, is that they all follow Rostov. So once he's gone then the rest of them are gone. But I don't know. <laughs> like, I just think, like, not to jump completely to the end, but when it wraps up, you're really just like, okay, but I think there's a lot more shit going on in the world. But okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. No, uh, but remember he said uh, they need all their guys. He's so obsessed that all the people from all around the country, right. all the terrorists come to that one place in Atlanta and they get boxed in. Yeah. Yes. True. And then he blows up the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, dude. Also, you know, you're decorating the outside Christmas tree like you do. Yeah, as you do, man. That's how it does. I love it. I love this scene. Apparently, this was an area oh, yeah. of Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta, where they were going to. They had to make a extend the runway at the airport. Yeah. So all these houses were going to get blown up anyway, so they could just blow the hell out of these things. That's and, so awesome. Yeah, because it doesn't look like balsa wood shit like in Commando. It looks like shit is blowing up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they see, uh, seemingly it seems like the plan, because they haven't completely said it at this point, but they're going to go into suburbs and just start blowing shit up. Um, and kind of, again, sow the seeds of chaos. So it's like him and Nico, 
And again, he goes into one of his like kind of Rostov speeches again. It's just like, they make it so easy, don't they, Nico? <laughs> Enjoying life, like basically. And then fucking that little girl. Oh, she's got to get that, that star up on the tree outside right before they fucking blow up houses with rocket launchers. Just yep. awesome. Totally crazy. Uh, awesome, awesome scene. But they're really, it's at this point even where I was like, God damn, Frank, there are so many rocket launchers. It is never <laughs> not rocket launching in this movie. That's like, because they were sponsored, Jeff. That's how they got funding for the movie. I do forget about that. This is by Johnson Rocket Launchers. Uh, yeah, Johnson <laughs> Rocket Launchers. They'll blow up the suburbs. That's their tagline. Yep. That um, is a tagline. Strangely uh, enough, it's so weird how it all worked out. Uh, That's you know, why they had it's like branded content. That's why they had to work it in of what the product can do. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're like you have to, in your movie, you have to blow up a suburbs because that's part of our slogan. It's not the politics that really bummed me out in this movie, Frank. It's the branded content. You know, it's the product placement, dude. It's disgusting. You know, there's uh, so much product placement with these weapons. It's uh, out of control. I can't stand. That's my biggest problem with weapons in America. Is they're too shoved in as product placement i can't stand it um but yeah like this movie it's right here where i was like this is all of the dumb fears of suburban america that were sown by this fucking presidency uh uh that fucking this is gonna happen this is gonna happen these like there's gonna be guys coming with rocket launchers is gonna blow up random houses and just get the fuck out of there antifa's coming for you you know antifa got that johnson rocket launcher sponsorship and now we are all (laughs) fucked especially in suburbs nobody cares about um but (laughs) nobody gives a fuck no one gives a fuck except for rostov richard lynch is so happy to destroy the american dream uh with a fucking rocket um but yeah, that's where like I it's it's then this is where I was getting confused by plot and then later they explain that they're sowing the seeds because I didn't really understand. And then there must be when they go to the cultural center, I'm assuming like 50 other actions have have happened at that point. But I it's unclear. Like, you know. Yeah. You never know the timeline of what's happened in this movie because they have like occasionally like news pieces or radio things that play that give you somewhat of a sense, but it's like you really don't know the scope of it. Right. And so like even the cops, so like fake cops show up at this cultural center where they're having like a party. Um, Yeah. Again, confusing politics, right? Because it's like, wait. It's not confusing. Maybe it isn't confusing. (laughs) It's not confusing, Jeff, because what they're doing is – they're blowing up white suburban neighborhoods, and then what they're doing in uh, places where people of color uh, congregate is they uh, create chaos in that it's uh, rebellion against cops because they do these false actions. Right. So right. now it's making it look like uh, you know minorities are rising up against authority and they're sowing chaos while other forces like. Um, uh, uh, like uh, terrorists are uh, invading your white neighborhood. So it's yeah. like, it's it's a really, it's gross. Yes, <laughs> but, it you know, is. Like, You're right. That's basically what's happening. Because I forgot completely about, there's like on the, this is how sometimes they give information is there's like 
a reporter on the radio just giving a little bit of other shit going on. And like yeah. at one point, I think they say, I think the wording is like, and then a, a mini race war started. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think they're kind of like, it's kind of, uh, again, like you're seeing a little bit of it now where it's like, yeah, you know, where they're like, how dare they, you know, uh, challenge authority? How dare they? Be? It's like, uh, okay, whatever. I'm, we're not going to get it. No, no, because, but that. that is what this, this movie is because there's a late, there's that line later when the FBI guy, he says, they're turning people against each other and even worse against authority. <laughs> yeah. And like my gut reaction was just like, whoa, 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 easy, not worse. Like that is the, <laughs> like that is cra- the What you led with is the worst part that they're turning people against each other. Like fuck authority. Like, I, like that was where I was like, that is insanity and feeds into Wait, what are we? Are we supposed to be on that FBI guy's side saying that? I think, according to Norris, the, maybe and Zito, the guy say that because the FBI guy is the one who says, and even worse against authority. Like, are we supposed to be like, yeah, that is worse? Um, yeah, it's, it's a, the it, Jackie Gleason light guy, uh, Eddie Jones. Yes, Eddie Jones, exactly. He's in a ton of stuff, man. He was in Veep. He was in Sneakers. Yeah, uh, Rocketeer, awesome. Chud. Yeah, oh, he is in Chud. Um, but yeah, like I think like it's also though here where like that plan both totally makes sense and is confusing again because it's like the terrorists like underestimate how big America is. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like and and Texas and, alone. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I think what we're actually also seeing with now, and that's the plays into the not to get too down a rabbit hole, but like every state is like its own little country. So like to do that, it, this this plan's gonna fall apart pretty quick. Like you gotta do some bigger yeah. action or something. But uh uh so yeah they 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 have the cops do a shit action. Um uh uh does Matt Hunter show up there or no it doesn't happen there, right? No. Yeah, so this again, Matt Hunter... Because he doesn't know the information yet, because not until he goes to Gil's spot, and right. then goes to the other place. Right. Because that, that this is also where I got confused, because like I was like, wait, when he's driving in the like poor neighborhood, they're all angry at him and yelling. <laughs> right. And I was like, wait, is the idea supposed to be because he's a white guy doing it, or because I realized after the fact that also... It's because of like this, uh, the chaos has begun. Like, which one is it supposed to be for that scene? It's totally unclear, and that's again where this movie gets problematic. Of just like, wait, is it supposed to be some like weird like, oh, the poor white guy fucking is getting yelled at by people in a poor neighborhood? Um, I, I I I'm willing to bet Jeff that you're right. It's it's probably something. I mean. I wouldn't put it past that. That's the that's yeah. the message. Actually, wouldn't put it but, past. <laughs> but, but I do think that maybe there was a scene cut where you had the sowing of chaos, and that's why they're right. so. But also, I think it's just kind of to show that it's the, the rough, the quote unquote rough part of town, right? Because that's where and this... how he sticks out, so he can have that that scene at the bar where he smashes that guy's fist in the <laughs> with the bottle, <laughs> squeezes the bottle, squeezes the guy's hand holding a bottle. So it cracks in his head to show how tough he is. I mean, he also Tap stands the Rockies. out. <laughs> he stands out driving down that fucking street, Frank, because he's got like a spotlight on in his car. Like, dude, got to <laughs> turn that light off. Like, it's like when you're trying to drive with the overheads on. It doesn't work. 
That truck is made of adamantium. It's made of Beskar. It's like, it's indestructible. (laughs) It's insane. Um, So he gets that biker bar, which isn't a biker bar. It like, again, just like everything, I was like, at first I was like, oh, he's going to the biker bar. It's got a Confederate flag. Wait, there's a black guy in here? Wait, there's it. Like, what is this bar? Who I think are these? That was people? probably the the part, the time in the '80s when it was just fashion to the stars and bars, of, like guess, you know, like the General E. Lee of like the Dukes of Hazard. I think years. is it is this a veteran bar? I think no, I don't know. Yes, I think so because that's where he finds his buddy. Right, but there's like one topless woman uh, dancing. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> um, because he even says like, "You buying or you selling?" Right. And I don't know, man, that that the the scene with his like war buddy, I was like, man, that's the kind of part I want to play in all these movies. I just want to show yeah. up as this guy. <laughs> I know. But weird that he never shows up again, right? I didn't I didn't no. miss him, right? I... He just has they just have him there to have the great scene where I mean like where he basically tells him like, you know, where he can maybe find where he yep. saw some questionable guys and then says, See you in hell and he goes, Send me a postcard. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so many good fucking scenes. So then, yeah, he goes to somehow. Yeah, he gets the intel that one of the guys who's in the terrorists has already said fuck it and is like, I'm gonna go get uh have a have a, a night of sex and drinking, right? Like, pretty quick. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm they're going like, to go have this sex. I will. Ha- I will have this sex in the demon drink. Uh, he decides like 20 minutes into this terrorist plan to invade USA, um, and goes to a place where, uh, two of the craziest guys with the craziest bodies ever are washing a car outside. (laughs) Like that bodybuilder's build is pure insanity. Like could not make heads or tails of what was going on with his body. (laughs) Um, <laughs> he probably but, can't either. I don't think so. I, I there was a brief moment where I was like, I don't watch Ninety Day Fiance, but is he the guy I see in like BuzzFeed recaps who has <laughs> no neck and looks like Chad or Chet at the end of Weird Science? Like, <laughs> um, so he goes in. The guy who's trying to get fucked is angry because his hand gets touched, and then. All of a sudden, a knife goes into that hand, and it's fucking Matt Hunter. Oh, wait, uh, Jeff, you you glossed over one of the most important parts of the movie. What happened? What'd I miss? Uh, Where the bartender is just washing a topless woman in the background. Frank. (laughs) Just rubbing her down with with like a a bartender's rag. (laughs) I am glad I'm not insane, and I did think I saw that and then was like too tired to rewind. (laughs) <laughs> he does it like twice. Yeah, it's like he's cleaning glasses and in between glasses just gives a wipe down to the topless woman. <laughs> like it's just part of the bar. Um, yep. Yeah, thank you. That is important. It pulls the whole plot together of what <laughs> the fuck that, is going it falls on. Apart. It does. It really does. Um, so, yeah, the Matt Hunter way is to fucking put a knife into a fucked up hand. And, oh, that, yeah. and that's where we get one of the greatest lines in maybe any canon film. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you'll beg for a left. Fucking great. great. Just great. Like, that's a good one-liner, and that's an awesome Norris delivery. Uh, you, you know, I, I just want to point out, too, also, that, 
we kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but like, I think this is probably one of his best because he's on point with the delivery. Yes. Yeah. Because every other movie we've watched of his, like when he delivers lines like this or he delivers a joke, quote unquote, a joke, Mm -hmm. they just don't land because the timing is just off. And in this movie, I don't think there's a line where I was like, ooh. Yeah. I I think he like nails all his lines. I think it's Zito. Zito helps. Like got the timing and the cuts and maybe the editor. Like, because like, yeah, when he's like, you're beginning to irritate me. And then the fast kick into the grenade. Uh if you live through this, tell Rostov, it's time to die. Like, so awesome. And then fucking makes the guy hold a grenade, throws the grenade (laughs) into a car. Into the car. It's Christmas. It's awesome. I Uh, love it. And then... I love that. Yeah. That scene is so awesome. Uh, And then we're in a mall. All this movie is Wouldn't be an 80s movie without a mall. Wouldn't be an 80s movie without a mall and with a bunch of set pieces. Like, because these are all just set pieces for Matt Hunter to show up five minutes late. uh, Oh, yeah. To have a couple scenes that you're always like, okay, that that truant kid is going to throw gum on that Nissan truck. Is that (laughs) going to... Yeah, little stinker. Yeah, you're not going to be a little stinker. Um, But (laughs) doesn't pay off to anything. I guess it's to let us know that there's that truck, but I saw it. I'm not concerned. Um, and so this is also where I was trying to get who these terrorists are. Is the guy who drops the bomb off the loudly ticking bomb in the mall? Is he supposed to be like socialist sympathizer terrorist? Like white guy who went to Berkeley and got little glasses and read about Marx too much? Like, is that what that guy's <laughs> supposed might be to be? Right. It feels like it was yeah. just like, here's everyone ruining America. They've been here all yeah, he's, along. He's part of that uh, communist group in Hell Caesar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he looks, ex- yes, exactly. Uh, but either way, it doesn't matter. He tries to escape because fucking Matt Hunter is going to destroy everything. Dude. The, <laughs> oh, well, one, it's, it's a, a true nightmare of mine, a, a real nightmare that I get... Uh, gunned down in a uh, mall or not a mall, oh. but like Americana or a Grove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a recurring nightmare I have and I hate it. Um, so if I go that way, uh, yikes. Um, yeah. But <laughs> it's, it, I hate it. Um, but then also that, uh, that uh, he, uh, oh God, what was I going to say? Now I got really distracted by my own by like, your mortality. <laughs> no, but, uh oh, there are parts in this where, like, the stunts, I was like, holy shit. Like, they they almost, I, I'm pretty certain people got hurt doing these stuff oh, because God. the way that truck is just ramming through the mall. Yes. No, one, like, no one is safe. Like, no. <laughs> and when he's. There are kids in those shots. Oh, my God. There are definitely kids in those shots. And those kids are barely making it if they did. And then fucking, and he's hanging off that Nissan truck. That doesn't look safe. It looks no. like he almost <laughs> right. flies off at one point. Um, Dude, I, I wrote that down. I was like, those are those stunts are dangerous as hell. And he's getting like he's going through it. Yes. And that lady too later on. Yeah. And yeah. The lady when the lady gets held by the fucking Yeah. There's no way people aren't getting hurt. It is so scary. It is the entrance of our first uh him with his double Uzis, really. Uh that that fucking full denim. Jay Leno with double Uzis with leather straps. 
Like, hey, you hear about this one? I got an Uzi the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Frank, why does he have the straps? The straps feel like they're just cumbersome. They feel like he doesn't need them, and they're always kind of making his arms a little shorter than they need to be, like a T-Rex. That's the look, baby. Yeah, I guess that's just a look. Hey, wait, 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 you get these little little T-Rex arms. Um, hey, you, you, you read about this? You read about this? Uh, <laughs> apparently, in, in Florida. Like straps. <laughs> um, there are terrorists taking over Florida. Yeah, terrorists? Florida? Yeah, Have you read about this? Yeah, yeah. You seen this? <laughs> when he grabs... <laughs> when he grabs a reporter, I thought he was going to use her as a human shield. <laughs> Dude, but he like... He he's got that strength, man. Like he's got that upper arm, like just fucking. He holds that woman, yeah. a full grown woman, the whole it's time. Insane! It's insane. The music there is awesome too. Oh uh, yeah, I love the music. It's like super triumphant and like maybe a sequence part, like underneath, like kind of lower, I think. Um, uh, but this also where like we were talking about the reporter, it's just crazy action. The reporter's getting sucked into the action. Like and that's that's what I meant. Like mirrored the m- movie we watched last week with right. Commando. But like they they didn't have any scenes before to earn it. Like I know, yeah, exactly. You know, like and so she's like in the middle of doing this like dangerous transfer person stunt. Uh, yep. But like she's agreeing to do that in this world, and maybe enough has happened that we haven't seen off screen. That's like oh, the America's crazy. We gotta stop these terrorists any way we can. Uh, uh, but I think that's the other weird part too, is like this movie really like it's because they're unclear of how it's all playing out. It really did feel like the current pandemic sometimes where I was just like, so a lot of stuff is supposed to be like locked down, but a lot of shit's still going on. Like, you know, it's how like we're in LA and we're in like a full lockdown, but like, you know, nope. No, not, though. no, everything's going on. I drove around. I was like, oh, I was in traffic. Like, yeah. Like, like a lot of I'm shit. I'm still like stuck on the five or like the 135 yeah. too, trying to come back. And I'm like, fuck, everybody's out. Same in Invasion. They're still playing baseball games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like maybe Matt Hunter. We don't have any more ICU beds, but fuck if anybody's, you know, everybody's playing baseball. Oh, God, no. And we're going to need those ICU beds because Matt Hunter is going to drive his fucking truck through <laughs> a baseball game and take out some children. Um, uh, but yeah, it just like it was like with it. But it's like throughout. I was like, oh, man, I'm I legitimately at one point was like glad they didn't tell us the curfew by dumping fucking flyers on us. But also Dude, I wrote that down. I but was also, like, what also the though, fuck? would it have been more effective than the random like text messages that sometimes come through? Oh, the Amber Alert. Yeah, things? like yeah. an hour before, a half hour before you're supposed right. to have a curfew. Um, yeah, uh, it's insanity watching this movie now. <laughs> um, uh, Truly, I I'm getting confused on my own notes because I like he kills a snitch. Oh, Rostov killed. Does Rostov kill yeah. a snitch? Yeah, because remember the guy he uh, put the knife through his hand. He kills him. Oh, he kills that guy Cause because because he, he interrogates him, being like, "How would he know to be there?" Yes. Did he shoot the snitch in the dick as well? Uh, or was I it just remember. a gut shot? It, I thought it was just a gunshot to the stomach. 
Yeah, I thought it was another dick shot. I was just like, he's a real dick shooter. Like, this guy is just like... <laughs> but also, that move is crazy, because it's swear he did a dick shot, but then he also fucking spits on him so quick. And it's yeah. like a fucking logie. Like, it's a sick... Like, it's not just saliva. Oh. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> He just got over a sinus infection. Oh, he definitely did. And I would have been bummed to be that snitch actor. Like, and it's just like, what the fuck? We didn't agree to this. You just spit a <laughs> this some Jared Leto shit. That, yeah, exactly. I didn't sign up for this. Get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> I also I think... Care they, how fucking method you are. Go back to Juilliard. Seriously. Uh, they also maybe got to change up. We talked about him before, but that actor who plays, uh, uh, he's in uh, Big to- or Big Trouble. Um, yeah, James Pax. Yeah, yeah. James Pax. Like, he plays another fake guy later, too, right? Like, he, I think oh, it's... Oh, I don't know. But he, he shows up uh, as uh, Hiroshi and K- uh, Kinjite. Oh, he does. Uh, Excited for that. But this, like, this was his first acting role. Oh, he's great. I love him as a fake guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's really I mean, he's good. He's great. But yeah, like they have him for some reason be a, because he does scream in Japanese. Yeah. Ah, it's awesome. But yeah, and then Hunter, I think he doesn't see, like, this again, it feels like it's just like all it is, is now is this movie. It's just a series of just like weird shit's happening. He shows up, yeah. shoots people. Don't try to put one oh. over on him, he'll shoot him. <laughs> He also stole his tr- somehow stole his truck back from the impound. Oh right, yeah, he got it back from the <laughs> impound. Uh, just like nonstop, and then then there's a curfew. Uh, uh, and these uh, people have to sneak into church where the lead singer of the Descendants is there for yeah, some exactly. reason in the shot. <laughs> Milo Ackerman is sitting there taking a break from going to college and singing about Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, to be in that shot. But yeah, I just pictured if that couple was sneaking around now, it would be like they're sneaking around curfew to go to like Buca de Beppa. Like, or like the <laughs> Cheesecake Factory. Because like, I'm also like, you know, Pasadena, we still have outdoor dining. And I'm constantly just like, you're risking it for Buca de Beppa? Like, you really Jeff, get get a slice of that cheesecake? Have you tasted it though? It's, oh. it's, Frank, I mean, the portions are huge they are so big you can't get enough of that worth it that alfredo i'll get some covid for some alfredo and some rollatini um just smother that covid right on it (laughs) but i mean jesus christ frank that's the problem these terrorists are trying to take away church like you said yeah i mean come on but you know who's gonna stop them matt hunter baby Cause they're gonna. Jeff, s- I don't know if you know this, but there's only one place that you can pray to the Lord in church, and that's a church. You got to get to that church, and so they're gonna blow up that church in a in a slow blowing up scene that's gonna rival something that Molasses Two by Four does in all of his other movies. Uh, just long enough though for Matt Hunter to grab the thing as they ran away, and then go on to. The roof? Is that where he goes to the well, roof? He 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 disconnects the wires. Yep. Goes up into the roof or yep. into up on the roof. Right. And then says, um, oh God, what did he say? He says, uh missing something, right? No, I wait, think what did he so. Say? Yes. I think it is missing something. 
Uh, I wrote down uh, <laughs> when uh, I was like, oh, they're going into the church. I said, well, maybe it's a fast pass to heaven. <laughs> oh, and then I wrote down, Hunter's going to save the Miz. And he was like, knew it, lame. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so he stops that. And then I'm just moving quicker because I realize we are, of course, doing long on this one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking uh, very prescient. Supermarkets are limited. Having real right now tingles uh, about yep. that. Um, and then twelve items, limit to twelve items. Twelve items, baby. Stop getting toilet paper, you dummies. Uh, <laughs> and they get weird. Where they must have cut out reporter stuff because he's flirting with her. He snap. He slaps her on the ass. Tells yeah. her, "Hunter, you said, do something, you shit." You said, "Do something." <laughs> yeah. So two by I, four. <laughs> But that's the one where, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Nico, uh, Nikov. Oh, wait. Nico. What was his name? Nico. Nico. So that's the one where he like has her um, as a uh, a hostage. And I almost expected the way he was yelling at him to say, we're not so different, you and I. (laughs) I'm always going to mention this every movie. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's it's just waiting to be said. Uh, And then at this point, the world is crazy enough that kids... Are being <laughs> sent off to the country in a school Dude, bus. This is what, oh, uh, this is what, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is what messed me up as a kid. Yeah, you're gonna be sent away because someone's setting off a little, a small race war. <laughs> yeah, not a big one, Frank. Don't worry about that. It's just gonna be like one of those little race wars that pops up here or there. Yeah. Um, it's just a little. Cute we focus one. on Punky Brewster Light. Focus on Punky Brewster Light. Yes, exactly. And Punky Brewster Light is able to face, uh, uh, she's the one who sees that they put a bomb (laughs) on the side of the, on the side of the bus. And then out of nowhere, Frank, Matt Hunter, he impounded that fucking thing. And he drives up, grabs the bomb, and then says, (laughs) did you lose this? (laughs) Yeah, lose this. Lose this. And then boom, bomb hot potato. Priceless Matt Hunter fucking makes him explode. Uh, yep. And oh, this also has one of my favorite tropes of like um, either it's Amazing Grace being sung while something is about to happen, uh-huh. or in this case, kids singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat because the urgency of how it speeds up yep. matches the action. Yeah. I don't know. Just I, it's, it's such a tired trope, but I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I also love that I would probably be the one sitting on there like, shut up. Why are we singing? <laughs> right, yeah. Shut up, everyone. Look at the singers. God damn it. Um, and then, so, Frank, what, when he's walking through that carnival after all this. Yeah. Like, so, I guess, did terrorists blow up a carnival with kids? Is that what went on? Yeah, they blew up a carnival. But okay. I was like, this looks like just any carnival. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got burnt, carnivals. <laughs> Wait, did we? This did one they- literally did. Did they say that it got blown up, or did or were we just supposed to assume that? We're just supposed to assume based off of like the the merry go round or the car bumper cars or whatever that's all blown up. That like, okay that that kids die. Like that's why I said like you never see it, but they right. imply it. So then, is his plan after that? Is he? This is where I got really just confused on the plan. So like, is he trying to make himself like? a mark like it's like he that he's gonna somehow yeah. get caught okay so he has that that's setup. why he says 
uh, he goes, this plan is crazy. Like, you know, he's like, think of the risk. And he goes, think of the stakes. And I was like, that would make a great fake commercial. Maybe yes. that'll be our promo. That just <laughs> might have to be our promo. Yes, I love that. Uh, so, yeah, he sets up this thing where he gets caught. He's shirtless again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, watching. He's like, that's part of what if that was written down in the thing <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, oh, there's one condition. I have to be shirtless. I work alone and I'm going to be shirtless when you take me out and those and those reporters are there. Um, and so, yeah, the, that damn FBI is blaming Matt Hunter uh, so he can be bait for Rostov. Uh, yep. Again, uh, weird new uh, wet dream for conservatives. Like, you know, not that I love the FBI, but somehow now the FBI is maybe the bad guy in this. Everything's getting confusing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, uh but that I did write, I realized I wrote in big letters, button your shirt. Like at this point, I'm tired. <laughs> I wrote that too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I said they couldn't button up his shirt. Like yeah. I was like, also, did he get to shower or brush his teeth? Right. Guy probably stinks like fuck. Seriously. Uh, I mean, also does show maybe people are right that I'm starting to get fine with my civil liber- liberties being given up because like when they were like, it was supposed to be really scary that there's a ducks- dusk to dawn curfew. I was just like, yeah, okay. I mean, it sounds right. We did that. Like, it's happening. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's happening to us. But Nico was easy. Now it's your turn. I think he says that to <laughs> one of the reporters. Shirt, half shirt open. Fucking oh, yeah. going crazy. He puffs out his chest and he looks right down the barrel like he's like a wrestler. He really does. And I think, like, this is where, like, too, like... So this is all set up where they're trying to funnel the terrorists into this one area. It's kind of the plan. Yep. And he is going to then ultimately take down Rostov. He's not even taking down the terrorists. That's the annoying part of this. All of his shit with, like, I work alone. He's making everyone else do the work for, like, this barricade set up. And then the army is just basically going to take down this army. And that's kind of what goes on. And the weird part is, like... This movie almost has too much action. Like, <laughs> what? I know. Like, I can't. Fa- at, <laughs> at this point, though, like, I would my. It was like my eyes were crossing with how much action there was. Like, I just couldn't follow along. <laughs> I was just like, "Fuck it, whatever." Just let every scene be a scene where shit's gonna blow up, rocket launchers are gonna go off, and a billion bullets are gonna be going on. I think it's <laughs> right. just like. It's both awesome that they, it's almost like Commando where they keep the pace going like throughout. It really is like so many set pieces. But by this point, I really was just like, I can't follow. So fuck it. I don't care. Like he's just going to do something. It's a little bit of like Avengers endgame fatigue. Yeah. Where they yeah. have that, that final battle where you're like, there's so much shit going on here. I My eyes, I'm old. I can't focus anymore. Just like get me <laughs> to the end. I know a lot of shit's going on. Uh, I mean, it's during all this final battle, though, too, again, where I was just like, what would this movie be without rocket launchers? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just like nonstop. Uh, uh, I also lo- like this is where. So Rostov comes in on a helicopter and then Matt Hunter shows up. And what does he have? Rocket launcher. Again. Oh, yeah. But also, I love that the helicopter pilot does. What I call the uh, Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer double take. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has like one moment where he's like, oh, <laughs> right before he blows the fuck up with a rocket launcher. Uh, oh, yeah. And 
Yeah, like at this point, I was just like, again, just like so many rocket launchers. Rocket launchers, probably there's a metaphor in there, but I was too tired at this point to figure out what the metaphor was. Penises, uh, Jeff. It's always penises. It's penises. It's We should have, again, we always got to listen to fucking Bronson in 10 to midnight. And don't you see? The <laughs> right. rocket launcher is his penis. The penis. Um, uh, but And so, also yeah. that the military might of the US of A cannot be beat. Exactly. We are going to trap all of you terrorists. We're going to get you all in one spot so that then Matt Hunter can go kill one guy um, <laughs> and chase them around a giant office building and or bank um, where yeah, all this right. is happening. But like at this point, too, the budget on bullets must have been insane. And I know. Well, this, apparently uh, they gave them two million extra dollars to shoot because they liked the dailies so much. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the dailies have got to have been great. Like, you got to just be like, yeah, it's nothing but great action. This is awesome. Thanks, Zito. Exactly. Um, but that's why they made them cut all the character development scenes. And they said, no, more action. Yeah. I mean. So they actually did. I think they actually did shoot character development scenes. And then oof. they were like, no, action. Double-edged sword, Frank. You know, yeah, dude. We want the character development, but goddamn, I want more action. Like, keep it coming. Yeah. Um, don't skimp on it. Don't skimp, baby. And they didn't. Seconds, please. <laughs> I'll have thirds. Um, <laughs> I will say we don't get a climbing scene out of molasses two by four, but he makes up for it by he is just walking so slowly through this office building. Oh yeah. I know he's being wary, but like, Jesus Christ, just like. Slow molasses two by four, shooting someone now and then. Like, what is that crazy gun he has? I I don't know. Like, I, I was trying to figure it out, but I was like, it's just like a tube. Uh, right. It's like yeah, a, it's a tube. It's a it, tube gun. It was like a tube. Yeah, it's like one of those tube guns that shoots T-shirts out. Uh, yeah, it's half a t-shirt cannon, but <laughs> uh, but maybe little mini missiles, maybe little mini rockets, uh, because right. there's that point where he doesn't know that the two guys are behind that door, the two sides of the door. So he just oh, like he knew. Oh, he knew because he's Matt Hunter. He can smell them. He just sprays them and it just blows gigantic holes into those fucking walls. Those holes are huge. Uh, but it's a good thing he had that one knife that at one point right before I was like. That's a very conspicuous looking knife sticking out of his butt crack just so he could throw it into someone's neck. Uh, yep. And every time they cut to a outside, I would be like, oh, it was jarring. I was like, oh, surprise. There's another movie going on. Like, yeah, he's doing some other shit. Rostov's over there's here. A war. There's a war going on. But really, we keep cutting back to molasses two by four walking slowly through Rostov just wasting bullets. And then he fights Rostov in a scene that reminded me that there weren't a lot of kick fighting in this. Like, there wasn't a lot of his Norris kicks. Roundhouses, uh, yeah. Yeah. And no climbing. But good fight and scene against, against him. Uh, and then Who's the quickest bazooka draw? And then it's a whole what, a three, two, one, pull a bazooka. That's a great end it like when he's just like uh, it basically is like oh you got a rocket launcher well i've got one as well and then yep. it's time because he's been warning him he's been saying multiple times it's time to die and then in slow-mo just blows him up point blank just like could yep. not explode <laughs> a human being more 
so slow-mo throwing down that rocket launcher because he has a job well done. And then the movie yep. just stops. It just ends. I know. I wrote down. It's like, that's it. No kiss with a reporter. Like no. or, or, or a badass song to accompany it. Like, you know, like we had like last week with Power Station. Yep. It's like, yep. we need something like fucking get one of those Russian rock bands, you know, right. like, or, or at the time, like, you know, I don't know. Get a white snake in there or something. Oh, man. If we had autograph playing that final song, this would have all come together. But I think that's the thing. It ends with nothing except for slow-mo molasses 2 by 4 being even slower, throwing down a rocket launcher. But then it's it's odd because without something big, it, it makes you have enough time to sit there and go like, yeah, I mean, you caught everyone in this part of America. Like, what about Boston? And no, dude. St. Louis lends no, that's else. everyone. How they came that's back? Everyone. He said he literally said, uh, let me see. Let me go back to my notes uh, where he said uh, he literally said, bring them all in. Did I miss that after all that? Where were where, where like Rostov said that he was like, get them yeah, all because after he's watching him on TV and he oh. looks to the camera and says, you know, uh, that Nico was easy, uh, you know, and all this other stuff. Then he fucking loses it. And he's like, bring them all in. And that's why that again, man's ego, Jeff, man's ego, man's man's ego. My favorite cheese. Um, (laughs) yeah, man's ego will destroy us all like that. I, I think ultimately, you know what, Frank, out of all of the confusing politics of this movie that sometimes you're like, wait, are you against authoritarianism? And sometimes you're for it. That ultimately, yeah. none of that is important because what is important here as the lesson is man's ego will ultimately destroy a man. Yep. And I think that's, that's our all you should take away from it. Yeah. Do not do not take away anything else about the politics of this, please. No. Like it will that's not just. Then we will have an Invasion USA here. Like, we don't need that. Uh, uh, we want this to be a fun 1985 romp where we can, we can be left with the fact that, like, yeah, man will destroy themselves because they're too pompous. Uh, and ultimately, the man's ego argument is a greater... I just pieced this all together, Frank. Why I love that this might be the theme of the movie, because also... Man's ego will be the downfall of man is also the argument against conspiracy theory and against one world government bullshit and why any of that stuff ultimately is not a real idea. Like not to get too on a crazy soapbox, but like man's ego will always get in the way. No one can unify themselves that well. That is all there is to it. We are petty human beings. And once someone has power and once someone has the 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 money and the means, like mm-hmm. they're only going to destroy themselves. I mean, yes. I mean, granted, along the way, they're going to make a lot of fucking damage. But you'll blow up some you, suburbs when, with a rocket launcher. That is going to happen. <laughs> you know, but when you're that when you have that much going for you and that much like without being challenged and you're undefeated and you're just getting away with so much, mm-hmm. it's it just it's inevitable. Yeah. So again, just to summarize for all of our listeners, the main takeaway, uh, Invasion USA is letting us know that conspiracy theory is bullshit because pe- human beings are terrible. Uh, <laughs> and, and This the- is also one of those kind of confusing things, Jeff, where like, 
uh, it does kind of skew on the side of conservative politics, but it also makes cops look like complete dummies. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, man. I think, I think the biggest thing that uh, the second biggest, the last thing to take away from this is Invasion USA. Ultimately, pretty awesome fucking movie. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like that's the re- crazy part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wrote down though, uh, just to kind of go back over some stuff. Uh, yeah. They they blew up his swamp house and his armadillo before I saw the armadillo survive, and I was like, oh man, this is like a John Wick kind of story. He's gonna come <laughs> after him. Goes, you killed my armadillo. I would have loved that so much. That would have pulled it together. <laughs> I, I that would have been great. Yeah. Were there any other things we missed? I love that. Um, this was in, until two thousand and seven. This was MGM's second highest selling home video title oh. behind Gone with the Wind. That makes sense. This is like this one is like kind of an ultimate video store staple. Absolutely. You know? Like th- this was everywhere, and this like I, I think like is definitely such a huge story of like probably like had such a huge second life because you couldn't escape like staring at that before I even saw it. I saw it cause I saw that box. Um, yeah, man, I, I love it. I mean, ultimately I think, you know, we're, we're doing our classic. We are a good two hours here. Uh, yeah. Before. Uh, what? Yeah. What would your, uh, out of all the, uh, 10 cannons, what would your cannon be for how many cannons this cannon is? Oh, Jeff, you know I'm going to give you a 10. <laughs> Pull me up a big old spicy bowl of gumbo because I'm going to be eating it and sopping it up with a big old 10 as well, Frank Hamill. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, 10. This is a straight across. This is as canon as canon gets. It is canon wearing a canon costume at a <laughs> canon party. It, it is Santa Claus showing up. With a big old cannon C on his face, and he's giving you the gift of original VHS Invasion USA, uh, yep. because it, it doesn't get more canon than this. Uh, it's it's again one of the reasons why we also did this. It's just it's it's it has nonstop Christmas in there, and uh, we wanted to gift ourselves and a gift to all of you to enjoy on this this magical this magical time that we are in right now. But yeah. Uh, Invasion USA, 10 cannons across the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and so uh, let's wrap this one up then, Frank. Frank, where can people find us here? Uh, you can find us online at Twitter and Instagram at the Canon Canon. The second Canon is one in. Remember that. Uh, you can also email us at the Canon Canon at gmail.com. That second Canon has one in. And remember, you can also sign up for our Patreon backslash the Canon Canon. Second Canon, one in. Exactly. And so from all of us at the Canon Canon, happy holidays to everybody. We hope oh, you're having. Oh. Oh, oh, Santa showed up. How did this happen, Frank? Oh, 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 Jeff and Frank, you've been very good boys here. What? Oh, my goodness. A big old pile of gumbo. Oh, this is so delicious for me so much. Thank you so much, my friend. (laughs) So with that, then I have to say, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is The The Cannon. Cannon. They make it so easy, don't they, Nico? Blow up another suburb.